Hello, horror fans. Welcome back to Selling the Scream, a show about horror movies brought to you by one horror nerd and one horror noob. I'm Jed Donaldson, the aforementioned noob. Uh, with me, as always, is my my co-host, my partner in crime. I shot him six times. I shot him in the heart, but he's not human. Josh Yoakum. It's going great. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you zeroed in on that that line and that read and that performance because we'll, we'll talk about what Donald Pleasance brings to the table in these, these year Halloween movies. <laughs> yeah. So in case you were, you know, picking up what we're laying down here, this is a Halloween episode where we're talking about Halloween. I know we told you that last episode, but maybe you didn't listen to last episode. Maybe you listened to some other episode, and this is just the well, next one first you have one. to find. Yeah, yeah, or this is the first one. Uh, first one. Like, speaking of which, like, I, I, um, I, I've been trying to get back onto, like, into, like, the, the, the dating world. Recently, so mm. I've been using like the 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 apps and going in and just having a bumbles and tenders and hinges. <laughs> yeah, it's a great time. As I, I, it's not at all just like full of microtransaction and weirdos and <laughs> you know my, myself included in that line. Right. Yeah. No, you're part of the problem. Um, <laughs> I've talked before about my idea for the dating site, the onlyfuckups.com, where you can only right. sign up if you're a fuck up. But uh, actually, doing it this time, uh, it. Mostly misses, but like had a few kind of like just chatting with people, just kind of just getting started doing it. But uh, I, I I committed a cardinal sin. I uh, like day two of chatting with somebody. Uh, I mentioned not only this podcast, like that I podcasted, but like the title of the podcast. And then Ooh. she told me she was listening to it, and my my heart stopped. <laughs> That's a. Ooh. Rookie move. <laughs> I mean, I I applaud her for her diligence because there is no better way to find out that you don't want any part of somebody. <laughs> yeah, I, I I fully acknowledge that I'm like a, a pineapple pizza of a person. Like the people, the people that like me probably like me quite a bit, but like I think listening to the podcast being like your first exposure to me, that's just like that's just being served like uncooked dough and marinara and pineapples and cheese just mashed together. <laughs> right. All the yeah, ingredients good. individually. <laughs> <laughs> Some people might be into it. Um, but you, you had mentioned uh, our Halloween episode, of course. Uh, so happy belated Halloween, but we get to talk about what we did on Halloween. So, you know, we do. That's, yeah, I, I don't have to make shit up. Look what you've done in the past. <laughs> um, how's your, how's your Halloween? Halloween is Halloween. Um, my kids don't care about any of the Halloween stuff, like all the things that are around costumes and spooky stuff. Not really a, a thing that they're into. Uh, they, they like candy just fine. But most of the time when we're out there, it's about a block, a block and a half. And they're like, can we go home? Like, I don't know. They're not interested in seeing what other people are wearing or, you know, getting as much candy as possible they just they want to be comfortable which i can't fault them for. can we do this via tiktok <laughs> right <laughs> can i insta uh, my candy haul my uh i went with my son and like a friend of his and it, it, it was a fun time i think to go with little kids and just see him like my boy is very excited about it he's very adhd and sugar motivated so he's doing wind sprints from house to house dressed as a ninja yeah um what I noticed with him, it, like it was like all the kids that I saw coming up, is like nobody says trick or treat anymore. And 
I didn't think that was going to be the, like, nobody writes in cursive anymore. These kids these days, like, hill that I was going to find out that I was dying on first. Right. Yeah, I I thought country being what it is, you know, women's reproductive rights and stuff would have been a little bit higher on the hierarchy there. But, you know, kids not saying trick or treat is perfectly in line with that. I'm just saying, like, the the cultural shift that that seems to (laughs) have triggered that in me. I've always been, like, on the right-ish side of those issues, but yeah. Uh, Far right. (laughs) <laughs> well, speaking of which, we've got to get ready for my favorite holiday episode coming up uh, this January, early in January. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know what nudge, I mean? Nudge, Yeah, I think I think we got it. <laughs> um, again, like sometimes I find myself when I'm going to end these, like I say, do we talk about such and such here? I talked about January sixth. <laughs> so, it, it may have come up once or twice. It's, do we? Know, do we mean? To talk about January 6th on this podcast. I, I mean, I think we talk about that sort of stuff as much as we talk about Mike Myers. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, of course, uh, listeners do saw that this is about a Halloween, too, might not know that. When we talk about Mike Myers, we're talking about Canadian actor and beloved SNL institution, uh, Mike Myers. So Austin Powers himself. Yeah. Uh, let's let's think of uh, Wayne Campbell for maybe, maybe some good reason as we talk about uh, this one, uh, we... yeah, I thought I thought it was appropriate. We can we can tie that in pretty easily, I think. But yeah, you're right though. We don't normally talk about that stuff. We normally talk about horror movies, uh, specifically ones that Josh has chosen as an attempt to turn me into a fan of the genre. Uh, he's doing all right. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, again, like C plus, which is maybe what I was going for. I, I do find myself. Show. I do find myself with a. Uh, thinking about stuff that we've watched. Like there's movies kicking around in the old noggin that I didn't expect to, to hang around the way they have. So, uh, yeah. so that's a plus, I guess. <laughs> uh, and we're talking this time, uh, as is our now Halloween tradition. We didn't, we didn't start with one, but in year two, we, we did the original Halloween, then we did the reboot. We're doing Halloween 2, the first sequel uh, to, to Halloween, released in 1981. Uh Jeff, this is one that you said you thought you had seen before, right? I, uh, this I, is believe, one that was... I believe that I have. Having watched it now, I'm not sure that I saw the entire thing, but I mm-hmm. believe there mm-hmm. was one or two Halloweens where watching Halloween was a thing that we were trying to do. And it, Yeah, I think I remember watching it with you, but I, I say this as somebody who's going to try to sell you this movie, but I think there's a certain amount of this movie versus the first one that maybe washes over you and kind of rinses out of your brain a little faster than the first one does. I mean, there is a lot of overlap. It's, it's a direct follow-up, like literally seconds after the first movie ends, this one starts. So. Yeah. So it's the tagline, even on the poster is the, the original tagline was the night he came home. And this one is more of the night he came home. Which is, (laughs) that is, just a lot of effort and energy was put into workshopping that. My favorite thing on the poster is actually on the other side of the tagline. There's a big star uh, with just the word words new movie on it. Like, and I feel like movie posters should get back to doing that. Like, Letting mm, people know. I, think <laughs> I know For a lot sure of this I've looks seen. the same, but this is new. I promise. <laughs> um, yeah, they, this movie started getting made 
you know, Halloween was very successful. And I think we kind of talked about like on the Friday the 13th episode that that was, that was the moment where it kind of got proved that anybody could do a Halloween. So like the next year just saw a huge boom in slashers. Um, So this movie is coming out like uh, the same year as Friday the 13th part two, the same year as like my bloody Valentine graduation day, like a bunch of these like early genre classics that kind of set the form. And, uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that this one ended up just being Halloween too, when as proven by, you know, the anecdote about James Cameron, you could just go in and add a money sign to the end of a, a word and come up with a successful sequel, you know, a la <laughs> alien and aliens, it would be Halloween's right. Or they, they wake up the next day, but it's still Halloween. It's, it's like a groundhog day situation. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Um, he has Bill Murray as Michael Myers. <laughs> oh, that's a, some, some SNL <laughs> side casting there. Uh, yeah. So John Carpenter uh, produces this one. He's uh, he, he writes it. Uh, he is involved uh, from from the jump, um, basically because they said they were gonna, Universal had bought distribution rights and his producers kind of sold stuff off to them. They were going to make it with or without him. And as you say, John he Carpenter did basically just... everything but directing, right? <laughs> no, yeah, he like he wrote the script. He uh, did, does the music again. Uh, he produces and kind of the idea he says that he wanted to find like young directors who were like get kind of in the same position he was in when he made the first, made Halloween one, um, and give give them a chance to do Halloween two or potentially a Halloween three. Um, uh, but on on like a personal note, John Carpenter did not know what to do with this story. He was he was like, well, well I, I told that story that, that that movie happened. And that's that's what I had to say about that. So, yeah, uh, he sat down to write this, he says, with a six pack every night, uh, as you do, <laughs> trying trying to trying to bang this out. Um, the the final product is a. Uh, We've talked about John Carpenter and about his way with words and how he doesn't uh, he doesn't hold back. He's out of fucks to give. His uh, uh, life goals is, I think, <laughs> a way we describe him. So he does not like this movie at all. And even like, even though he's the one who came up with the probably the most contentious thing in this movie to horror fans, the the brother sister subplot, he was like, ah, I I came up with that because something had to happen. It kind of feels that way a little bit while you're watching it. Yeah, and I, I again, I'm gonna try to sell you this movie because I, I do think it's one of the it's it's in the win column for Halloween's, even if it's not, I think as good as the two we've done already. Sure. Um, sure. The the director's chair on this one went to a guy who made like a few uh, horror shorts, um, Rick Rosenthal, who went on to. He, he had a fairly journeyman-ish career. He came back and did another Halloween, which is pretty noteworthy. It is the worst Halloween. Oh. <laughs> but uh, nice. he came back and did Resurrection, which oof. Uh, we won't be watching that one for this show. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I, I mean, if if the fans demand it, <laughs> we'll put it to a You point. heard him, folks, right in. <laughs> if you want us to talk about Buster Rhymes Kung Fu Fighting, Michael Myers. Yes, we could we could do resurrection, um, but he he did not 
like what Rick Rosenthal did with the movie. So this like this final version that we end up getting, it's he went back and filmed some extra stuff for it. They were also filming stuff for the TV version of Halloween at the same time. Um, Rick Rosenthal's upset because he said that they like they kind of destroyed the pacing of his movie and he didn't like the final cut. And John Carpenter, of course, like you said, is also upset because he said that the movie that they turned in. Uh, and his words was as exciting as an episode of the medical drama Quincy. So, all right. All right. Um, Quincy had a good run. <laughs> um, so that's, that's kind of the, the genesis. Of it. It, it was the highest grossing out of all the slashers released that year. So it did fairly well. Um, you know, definitely enough to earn a Halloween three. And uh, I, I really want to talk about that one <laughs> next year. Um, I, I, I guess I can't wait. <laughs> but let's let's uh let's talk about this one. Uh, if you insist, we got, we got we got the iconic Sand, Mr. Sandman intro. Yeah. That they ended up using. This. I like we, there was a similar you know barbarian ends with the be my baby. I'm, I'm wondering if the the tonal juxtaposition works for you. You know I do I do like it. Um, but it did make me wonder if I had forgotten something about the first movie. It's like it's Blue Oyster Cult for the to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it does maybe uh, spoil that our heroine is going to spend 80% of this movie asleep. Right? <laughs> <But yeah>. uh, <laughs> she's yeah, had just, a rough just, night, Josh. Just, just, no, don't. She's, she's in trauma recovery. I, I don't blame her. It's just kind of an interesting take. Right. Your rising star actress. <laughs> put her in a hospital bed and don't put her in very many scenes. <laughs> um, so you'd mentioned that this picks up right at the at the end. They they, they use a mix here of the uh, the old footage with some like reshoots to to get like a different angle. So you see Michael fall out of a completely different house. So you know that that guns the shot him into another dimension. Um, <laughs> but, um, did this like how did that work for you? Did you remember that this picks up like right right as that, that one ends? And it, like that was the part that I remembered uh, most clearly was that it, it was literally just moments after the first one ends. This one picks up. So yeah, that I I like the uh, I like the recap, especially if you're going to go with the stories that are that closely connected. Um, yeah. I, don't know, I think it mostly worked. Uh, the original idea was uh, like a high-rise apartment building years later. But, uh, instead, they just they ended up going with this. Uh, and, and I think it, it works. It also, like, I know this turns Michael Myers more into a, like a, a bit more of a Jason uh, as far as body count and just like being completely unstoppable and, see, and having a motive. <laughs> but I think it preserves the the overall scariness of the shape. And I think this opening sequence is great for doing that. Um, especially once we see like what he gets up to. <laughs> yeah. Michael, Michael Myers is interesting as a bad guy because, you know, ostensibly he is just a, a person, albeit a very troubled person. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think that I was really clear until maybe towards the end of this one, that it's, that there is a little more something supernatural going on with it. Yeah, I mean, there's like, there's indi- there's definitely stuff in the first movie, just like his resilience and his like his strength at being able to like pick up Bob, uh, Bob and pin him to the 
yeah. to the wall. Like, that's not. But all that is like, it's like borderline, right? Yeah. Versus this one, uh, like Drew the, the beating he takes at the end of this one, without you know, we'll, we'll get there. Just makes you go, oh, all right. So not just <laughs> regular dude. <laughs> well, I mean, he was shot six times. <laughs> a couple more by my count. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they didn't really. Uh, I, I don't think Dr. Loomis is a guy to count shots. I think he just <laughs> fires them off into the night. I, I am perfectly capable of believing that he is uh, someone who could count the number of bullets he shot at someone. That that he hit them with all six of shots and got him right in the heart is something I may have a little qu- more questions about. <laughs> Again, my whole pitch on Dr. Loomis and why he's my favorite character in this entire series is terrible doctor, amazing hype man. No one's going to get you more scared of liars. Donald Pleasant's busting down your door. He is all about letting people know the word about Michael Myers. (laughs) (laughs) Including the line to the neighbor who comes out like, I just remind folks that Lori was like running down the street like 15 minutes earlier, like shouting for help. But yeah, but. Now that the police are here and there's gunshots fired, the neighbor comes out like, uh, hey, what's going on? Right. No no one to be found on Halloween night. <laughs> when I I mean, kids would have still been out trick-or-treating at that point. But <laughs> Oh, we see them later. Yeah. They, they most definitely are, including poor Ben Trainer. Poor, um, poor, poor Ben Trainer. <laughs> <laughs> but he has that amazing line. You don't know what death is. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, it's, so that's it's the a end of our much. yeah it's that's our cold intro so uh we we got our, our third pumpkin opening scene and i'm I, i'm wondering where you rank this one next ah. to the, the first one in the reboot ah, this is good you like this it you like one. this one i like this one a lot <laughs> the, the pumpkin <laughs> splitting open to reveal the skull inside is is uh i almost almost perfect <laughs> yeah no it's like a especially because it's like after the first one, if you know that like the, the the hidden shape is there and there's the zoom in on the eye, uh, you're kind of looking for something in this, and then when it starts to split open, you're just what? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I mean it it is really simple, like it's it's like yeah. a really simple idea, um, but yeah, executed basically perfect. <laughs> and I, one thing I do just want to like call out for as much as this movie like, is not the masterpiece of the first one. Uh, is you still have Dean Cundy shooting it, so this movie looks great. I think this like the the nighttime shots, just the composition. The, the, there's a redo of a couple of the gags from the first one that I feel like are just as effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like the the face appearing out of the darkness and all that stuff. That it's it's, it's, a, it's a good look. <laughs> the gags, right? <laughs> all the <laughs> knee slappers. <laughs> it's an industry term. <laughs> um the uh i'm also kind of curious because the the other halloween we watched the 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 reboot has the, a scene that's very similar to how the movie post opening credits kicks off we see michael on the street wandering just past people going into somebody's house taking a knife like he goes by a bunch of people before he finds somebody to get the, yeah and the, this kind of like the I'm kind of curious if you'd like if first for the guys who made that one to not like the sequels, they sure did take some stuff from the sequels. Yeah, the the just <laughs> watching this movie just made me want to lock my door. 
Oh yeah, no, it's because uh, that especially when it goes into the, again, what are they watching on TV? <laughs> if it's a if it's a movie, yes. horror movie being shown in a movie, Night of Living Dead, right? That's yep, it's that or Carnival of Souls. Yeah, they're, they're they're not springing for thing from another world again. Uh, so the the person who ends up getting got, Michael Myers gets a weapon from a, like an older couple leaves. Uh, is this girl uh, Alice on her phone, who's like getting the phone call from a friend that there's been murders yeah. in the neighborhood, and that uh, kind of give Annie a bit of sass, honestly. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I feel like um, it's interesting that he's. It doesn't seem like he's just killing willy nilly. Like he could easily have killed. He, I mean, he does this in the. No, he actually kills the person that he gets the knife from in the first one, right? The first house he goes into, he gets the knife and kills in the person in the, the in the in the 2018 one. I believe he does. I believe he he's, he kills a lot more people in that one um, on his stroll, but he still does the the walk past the baby and yeah, you know, I, yeah, walk I past the kids on the street. Walk, yes, um, they do the baby thing again in this too, which is <laughs> uh, so it's. It's strange to think that he has, like, I don't know, a type that he's killing, because it, it's not as clear as, as like, a like a Jason Voorhees, where he's killing camp counselors or horny teenagers or whatever. Like, he, in the first movie, he kills a lot of people. It just seems like he's killing indiscriminately. And this one, it kind of seems like he's more intentional about who he's going at. Yeah, and I think that comes with the, the big twist in this movie getting revealed but but even then it's like he's maybe has more of a type in this one it's the more the these young people especially young women mm-hmm. uh but yeah i mean but he's still he will kill other people who are in his way he's oh, not, absolutely. He's not too too fussy about it yeah um it and i'm curious what you think of this michael because i'm like i'm like the michael in part one it's not just whoever happened to be on set, mostly Nick Castle, different guy used for the face, the mask getting pulled off. This is all the same stuff, man. Um, I'm curious what you think of our, of our Michael's look in this one. I, I assume that we talked about it being this, like a bunch of different people before, but I don't remember that yeah. in our earlier conversation. Um, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I do like having a more like kind of cohesive look. I like that. I mean, he's he's a big guy, but he's not like a hulking brute of a of a dude. Like, yeah, he looks fairly normal. Like, if you were to just see him walking, like you wouldn't be like, oh shit, that guy plays football. <laughs> but he's he's got enough size. Yeah, it's it's believable that he's gonna be able to like hold us like a smaller person down and <laughs> not really get much resistance back out of it. Right, um, but I, I just I the, think it's oftentimes when you have the the bad guy, they try to make him big intimidating imposing um yeah and this is not so much that um the mask it it, it uh, just it looks different in this one for a couple reasons first of all that it was fitted for somebody else so he's this this actor has a has a bigger head so it's like kind of stretched in a different way uh the mask they use two of them and it's the same two from the first halloween like the stunt mask and the like non-stunt shot mask uh, both of them got like completely fucked up in different ways. So Michael's mask in this movie like looks way dirtier and scuffed, and like the hair's all like crazy. 
just because of how these masks were were kept for three years. Um, one was in the uh, Nick Castle's back pocket, the stunt mask, like between every set. So by the time he was done, it was just like dirty and worn and creased. Uh, the other one lived with Deborah Hill, the, the producer of both these movies, who uh, smoked a lot. And when people say that they like smoked a lot in 1981, like, I feel like that meant something more than it means now. <laughs> it fucking meant something back then. <laughs> People say it now, it, whatever. <laughs> you have a cigarette every once in a while at parties, you smoke a lot, sure. <laughs> I'm talking a carton a day. <laughs> I thought that's a weird thing I have to like explain to my son, where it's just like, yeah, people just like smoked in airplanes and restaurants. There'd be like a place they were supposed to sit, but it was like the same room. Just over there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the table next to us is the smoking section. So of course the other mask just got like all the nicotine residue on it. So yeah. like he, he looks, I think it makes him a, a I, I don't mind that it's that the continuity is not as preserved because yeah, he's been through a bit. <laughs> I think, I think that unless you were watching them back to back, it'd be difficult to know that there was that big of a yeah it's not like some of the later sequels it's it's rough <laughs> what the mask looks like um this I, I i did not mention this stunt performer's name yet did you happen to catch in the credits what this guy's name is oh or do i get to no you you can say it but i i did catch what the name is yes yes playing the shape in this movie is dick warlock, dick warlock. the best best name for anybody that certainly leaped out at me when we're watching, when going through the credits. How can it not? How can, right. how do you not end up being a Michael Myers stuntman? How do they not just rename Michael Myers Dick Warlock? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I feel like if, if John Carpenter had met him earlier, just to have what some rights. What, what might have been, right? So the, the bulk of this movie takes place uh, in the hospital that Lori ends up getting taken to. So she gets uh, picked up from the scene of the crime. The, the police and Loomis go off and they're scouring the streets because he's still out there, even as, you know, the, the police don't really believe <laughs> that Loomis has to say or uh, downplay things still. These are unrelated murders. <laughs> um and then Lori, he was getting uh, like some spend. Jenny Lee Curtis comes back for this. It's it's kind of the end of her horror movie run at this time before she starts doing genre stuff again with the this Halloween Halloween twenty the H two O as the uh, as the Scream generation called it. Yeah. Uh, she does like she does the fog. She does Terror Train. She does like road games, and she comes back for this and. I, she just she just puts a wig on, man, and she's asleep for most of the movie. Like I think she's compelling, and I think she does a great job in it. It's like, it is not really Laurie's strict movie. Anymore. I mean, we're gonna. I assume we're gonna talk about the the brother and sister connection. Um, yeah. I don't know necessarily that that I needed that to happen, but I will say that I liked uh, having that the threat of him chasing down someone that he missed from the first movie. Um, that little bit of connective tissue gave me something to latch onto immediately in this. And I was uh, like bought in on the characters a little faster than maybe I would have been if they had just gone with a completely new cast. Yeah. And I, I think you, you, 
if you can get Jamie Lee Curtis back, you get Jamie Lee Curtis back, right? Yeah. Even if like yeah. she's like, yeah, I'll be there filming for uh, like 15 of your 45 days. <laughs> I'm going to go to trading places. <laughs> yeah. Speak to my agent. Uh, but we're introduced to the the EMT crew, and then we end up meeting like some of the hospital folk. Uh, kind of the, the dead meat lined up for J for uh, for our, our Jason like Michael Myers here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, what do you think of Jimmy, our our uh, our love interest? To uh, you know, he likes his coffee like he likes his women. Nearly blacked out and found next to three of their dead friends. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, he's creepy. Is it's creepy as all get out. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a weird it's a weird kind of meat cute and you, you it come just to stays... murder scenes often yeah <laughs> does he survive the end of this movie um I, I i think he does it's also sort of like i think he gets treated with about as much respect in this movie to be a survivor as he possibly could. <laughs> right. we get into what happens to, to poor old jimmy uh this this guy, I don't know if you recognize him, but he's also the main guy from uh, The Last Starfighter. He's uh, and that's kind of where that connection got made for for making this movie. Um, okay. I I am familiar with that movie and I know that I have seen it, but I saw it when I was like eight. Yeah, it's, it was a mid eighties HBO uh, constant rotation movie. Yeah. Um, it's it, I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm sure like I have fond memories of it. And then like a lot of things I watched from the 80s, I would be watching again and be like, oh, yeah, racism. And just <laughs> yanking on that collar a little bit like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I go to the hospital and uh, there's there's kind of an unrelated thing here. They do the they do the uh, the fear that was blossoming at the time that people were going to put razor blades in candy did you think that this was gonna go anywhere i mean it, it doesn't really <laughs> um but to i mean to my knowledge this sort of stuff never actually happened like it's it's just urban legend right yeah the anybody who's had anything like this happen to them like getting poisoned candy or like candy with a dangerous object in it yeah it's i i it's never somebody like randomly handing it out it's all it's family members or people who like have like Oh, well, that's you know, okay. I'm sure that, yeah, that, I'm sure that's not the reassuring statement that people want to hear, but it's like exceptionally rare and it never happens to like people getting Halloween candy. So it's like just a, I, a thing. I'm not going to try to tell people not to be wary of strangers, but I'm just going to say that statistically they're not right. the ones you need to worry about. Yes. Um, it's, it's your, it's your, you know, your, your partner or your, <laughs> your sisters or brothers or, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, just keep your guard up with with family instead of strangers is what I'm saying. Just a really set that distrust. Um, so the most of the cast of this movie, it's the acting class that the director went to. So you know, great, <laughs> great for all those guys. Like, I know just the people. I, I mean, you know, you work with people you know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's the best performances, uh, and like the, you're always going to put out that extra effort for your friends. I, I will. We'll get to one character a little bit later on where uh, I don't know. It seems maybe a little ulterior motive-ish. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's like like we have a lot of people at staff at the hospital, and like a lot of these people don't really get like talk about like a, a Friday the Thirteenth character arc. 
they don't they don't really even get that. They they're just they're there. And also, I mean, you say there's a lot of people at this hospital. This is a full ass hospital, and there's like six people total. <laughs> the um, I I had that gripe too when my son was born. We went to a a large hospital in a fairly you know a populous city, but we went like kind of on a weeknight in the middle of the night. And it kind of looked like this. It was like really we had to wait for a while. To I mean, help. that was that was a, a comment that I watched this uh, alongside my wife Lisa, um, who's been on the show yeah. before. Shout out to her. Um, mm-hmm. And the co- a comment that we both made to each other several times throughout the movie was, "Turn on the fucking lights." <laughs> I mean, I applaud this hospital for its uh, environmental conscious energy conservation <laughs> ahead of its time thinking, but it's so dark everywhere. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like hospitals will go kind of lights out, like just so that patients can get to sleep and stuff. But it's oh, it is I'm not saying that you don't turn off lights in in a room that someone's sleeping at, but like just at the nurses' the station. hallways, the reception. <laughs> it was it was the point where I thought that I missed because um, I know there's a scene where we learned that the the phones have been cut. I wondered if there was a secondary like line that was missing where they like he got some of the power as well because there were s- so many lights out in this hospital. Yeah, it definitely appears to be running that like on a generator because um, there's there's definitely stuff that's on, but it's like <laughs> a lot right, of it's like it's like emergency corners. power only. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that story gets like set up a little bit. The Loomis and the police stuff, uh, their first lead is they're like going out and among the trick-or-treaters and the the sheriff is getting upset that saying that, you know, Loomis let him out. It's, I, it's, I didn't uh, do that. No, it wasn't me. No. <laughs> Again, uh, as he's saying this, reloading his pistol. Yeah. yeah make <laughs> it feel safer. <laughs> um. So Ben Tramer's a little bit of a throwback. This is the the boy who has made an unfortunate choice about what to wear on Halloween. <laughs> I think it's a uh, it's remarkable that he jumped on the Halloween Michael Myers costume bandwagon so early. <laughs> yeah, the, like I have to imagine he just bought a mask at the same store that Michael Myers stole his from, and he got the like the blonde <laughs> William Shatner instead of the William Shatner mask. Maybe, maybe he was like in the same exact store at the same time, and he saw that guy, he saw Michael grab it, and he's like, "That's a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> that or you know, he's he's just a really on top of it asshole. <laughs> He's one of them scream kids before the scream kids came out, the ones who were like he's dressing up like dead. the killer. <laughs> Um, but he goes, he goes fleeing from Loomis and, and the, and the sheriff. And, uh, we get the, the police car that's just blasting down the street at full speed that ramps him into a van, right. van through, explodes <laughs> through suburban streets where we are shown to have children walking for trick or treats. I don't know a- what this cop is doing. I don't know, man. A cab. That's, uh, <laughs> To say the least. Yeah, I, I think I buy that, like, you know, he's he's heard what's happened and is, like, a zealous police officer and he maybe thinks he sees the killer and doesn't know what to do, but 
it he is seemed, a he seemed confused as to what happens. I'm not sure if he was trying to hit that van and the dude stumbled out in front of him. Like, maybe he'd just seen enough that night. A strong hatred of Shatner. He's a, he's a Picard guy. <laughs> I just I can't imagine that car ride ending up any other way than the way it did. It, I, I'm curious because like I, I want to get into the hospital stuff because I think it's where, like the meat of the movie takes place. But like the the stuff that happens in the town, uh, I'm wondering how that like hits for you. Like this like mob mentality stuff where they're attacking the house and just kind of seeing like the news reporters on the scene. I at first. For my first take on it is that it happens a little quickly. Like I yeah. don't really understand how the information got around so fast. Um, but I mean, you know, you had the the history of the Myers family in the town, and the house already had uh, you know a stigma about it. But that that's the sort of thing I would have expected if there were like several days that this was taking place over, not several yeah. hours. Even maybe the next day or something. Yeah. Because uh, the, there's like there's people at the Myers house just like it seems like there's a lot of windows to break at the Myers house and yeah. a lot of just loose stones around. <laughs> um, uh, the, the so you're saying it was it's a, it's a setup? <laughs> These are false actors? <laughs> I'm saying that there's like maybe some people throwing stones at some windows that are already pretty broken. Just to get that little last bit of glass. <laughs> or maybe they were just throwing <laughs> stones at this house anyway and the Michael Myers stuff is unrelated. <laughs> or like Michael Myers also had like a bunch of fine crystal china inside <laughs> the house. That the stones were <laughs> He's gonna be so mad about that. Yeah, that's why he came back because he couldn't leave that <laughs> stuff just in the house. Um, but uh, I don't know if you noticed this this news team that's the the the, the folks who get a couple like uh, the woman who gets a couple lines this reporter. Uh, she was supposed to be in the movie a little bit more. They filmed some more stuff with her. Um, she, like she's the one that says, we can't talk to the kids. We have to get their parents' permission to use anything yeah. they say, but if they don't get the permission, talk to them anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Our, our beat reporter. Uh, she was supposed to have like a death scene, but unfortunately the, the other person in the scene who was supposed to have uh, more lines is her cameraman, the first role for a young Dana Carvey. <laughs> Which is, that's a wild coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> He's an actor because he likes to play. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard enough to get away from Austin Powers and, and Michael Myers with this movie just being what it is with the, the name. But then have actors. The mix, baby. <laughs> right. That, oh. Man. It's like we... It's like it was meant to be. If this reporter was the president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'll I'll, uh, I'll party on at a future point. <laughs> um, uh, Sheriff Brackett leaves the movie for for pretty good reason. Uh, he has informed yeah. his daughter is among one of the victims. So it's we get uh, yeah, and I mean finding your daughter's cross-eyed corpse has to be. <laughs> <laughs> real a real shocker. Uh I, I I'm sorry if anybody's found a, a cross-eyed corpse of all that was very insensitive. Way to alienate half of our audience, right? Um so he's replaced by De- Deputy Gary Hunt. Uh curious if you have any feelings about this guy. When I look at him, all I can think about is uh I can't remember the guy's name from Coach. <laughs> the, the, Dauber? A Dauber, Dauber vibe? Yeah, he has Dauber, a definite yeah. Dauber vibe about yeah. him. 
<laughs> Speaking of alienating half of our audience. Right, yeah. It's uh, definitely a timely, relevant show that I'm referencing. The voice of Patrick Starr. Yes. That was yep. also, I mean, there, it's still around, but not a timely reference either. <laughs> it's timely-er. Timely-er. All right. Yeah, the, the er is important there. <laughs> um, Michael ends up finding out that Lori has been taken to the hospital via like a news bulletin delivered via kids boombox. Yeah, I, <laughs> I kind of like this like diegetic sound being used as plot um, progression <laughs> tools yeah. here. Uh, it's, we it's introduced one that, of the hospital workers. It's, yeah, yeah, he's he's finding out like where he needs to go based on like. He's in somebody's house and he hears that oh she's taken uh away to the like she, that that's where he gets his first destination is he's in someone's house and he hears a news broadcast and then yeah. he hears the that all the survivors taken to the hospital while he's just walking past someone on the street so next stop is the hospital which at first glance those scenes seem like what why are we watching this why is this a part of the movie yeah. but it it does help to have a purpose and I think it's an interesting way to to show how our killer is getting his information yeah that that was a that was one of the carpenter reshoots he, he came back and 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 did this scene um which i, I think you can kind of see <laughs> i think he, it yes. is a little, yeah. a little bit more like innovation than than some of the other scenes that come up here like with the how the cameras used to like pan from from scene to scene and you, you catch michael walking by um mm-hmm. yeah so he is he's on the way uh, to the hospital. Uh, we meet some of the other. Is there anybody in this hospital staff? There's a few people who get like more lines and more development than others. But uh, is there any of the hospital folks you want to talk about here? No, they they all Bud, suck. Every, Bud every person a, uh... in this hospital sucks. <laughs> I I would say the head nurse is not so bad, <laughs> but even she seems like hard, kind of a hard ass. But everyone else is just like they don't even yeah. want this job. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, a, a kind of grumpy crew. I think I think Nurse Jill, the the like the 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 blonde at the end, seems to mm. be like doing a, a like a good job at her job compared to yes. maybe some of the other people in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> even if she's not noticing that like all of her coworkers are dead until it's pretty late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, at some point you should be wondering why you haven't seen anyone else all night. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the things I do kind of like here is that they that this is uh, where Lori learns who Michael Myers even is. Like it's kind of easy to take for granted in the first one that like oh, unless the, you're thinking because well, she asks, "Is that the boogeyman?" Yeah, <laughs> but I mean the the interaction between the two of them is like he's not saying anything. <laughs> it doesn't it, happen it, until the very end of the first movie, and their transactions are strictly limited to stab, 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 stab. Choke. Yeah. And having his doctor say that he it was in fact the boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, Lori asks why me, and I would argue that unfortunately the movie tries to come up with an answer for that. If he was coming after and he never really found out why, <laughs> I would like that a bit. Uh, I mean, you, I would have been fine with you know he came back to to his home because that's where everything started and. She just wrong place, wrong time, right? Because she comes up to the door in the first movie yeah. and he sees her through yeah. the window. Now, I mean, it's colored by this movie that he, he was back looking for her to begin with specifically. But, um, you know, it could have just been a case where 
she reminded him of his sister. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't know the motive, and that's like again like what I my very frequent argument for the good Michael Myers movies is that like it's you can fill in the gaps a little bit yourself. Like you can do that work of saying like oh that's somebody like his sister. I mean like even even knowing that, that Lori is his sister doesn't fill in the motive at all because we don't know why he did the initial murder. Yeah, it's again uh, when you're six beers in writing a script you hate. <laughs> you're trying to think of a thing to happen. I, I feel like it, it's fine, but it's not necessary. I don't think it yeah. actively detracts from it, and I think it. I think there is interesting things you can do with it. Um, but you know, having I'm not qualified to say whether or not they succeed in that regard. I mean, you can weigh it up at the end. That can be part of your part of your verdict here. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the head nurse. I feel like like maybe she's maybe the most underdeveloped character. Yeah. Like she's shown just being like angry that somebody's late. Uh, she be, the, she she struck me as someone competent who was yes. surrounded by people who were not living up the expectation she had for them. Some nincompoops that <laughs> are working for her. Uh, maybe Bud, the the lead nincompoop, the. Uh, the dude getting high at work, smoking weed on the uh, in in the cafeteria. Like the yes, <laughs> he's a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly what you want in the EMT. Uh, but yeah, we know he's 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 high and he's horny. Those are kind of that that's his his character. Uh, there's there's Janet, the the nurse who tells the story here about her friend seeing him like the day before he escaped. So he's already kind of becoming an urban legend. I feel like this movie kind of skirts around some interesting stuff about like how we tell stories about incidents like this and like what it does to a community. That's a different, but I, I feel like it, 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 yeah, it's it just, it's, it's very much like, here's an interesting thing to think about anyway, back to the slasher movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, we meet Mr. Garrett, the, uh, the, the like Maytag repair manish uh, security guard at this hospital who's communicating via, walkie-talkie he gets he gets a cat jump scare he gets a full closet jump scare two of the classics i this guy sucks <laughs> he's not good at his job and also just an idiot so i think his death at least is like kind of more suspenseful i think a lot of the deaths in the middle are, are there's a little bit less build up but i think kind of as he gets there and kind of as you get into the, the final act there's like more of that halloween one kind of somebody being stalked and an opportunity being found type element. You get, sure. Get sure. Some, and get some, a little bit of the uh, setting up a crime scene for, to be stumbled upon later. Yeah. All the hallmarks of a Halloween. <laughs> like, you know, I think Jason stole this bit and I, I would say he, he perfected it. The, uh, the spring loaded corpses, but people forget that Mike, Mike Myers is a fun guy that he's yeah. like, he's got, he's, he's out there. Chuckles. Just, He's enjoying himself. Because <laughs> this guy's later, after he gets his, his head smushed in with a claw hammer, uh, gets gets strung up with a light uh, as, and rigged to be a, a jump scare around a corner. <laughs> if Michael Myers ever decides to stop killing people, he's got a promising career as a haunted house set there. <laughs> he just, you know, him finding the real bodies might be the, the problem. Like, he, yeah. He won't settle for anything less. <laughs> he's he's a perfectionist <laughs> to his detriment, but god damn it, is he good? Um, the uh, 
there's a there's an autopsy of we this is where we find out that this is Ben Tramer. This is the boy that uh Lori wanted to go on a date with from Halloween one is the boy who gets exploded okay. dressed as Michael Myers. All right. I bad, that could have been a reason for, for Michael Myers to kill him. <laughs> Michael Myers acting as an agent of chaos, like the Joker. He's protecting <laughs> his younger sister. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it was like he, he could see the future, and they when he put on that mask and Ben Tramer, he knew it would be cool, and he knew he would try to do it. So, yeah, he see he sees the future before he doesn't see too much else. Uh, again, like he is proven right, but Loomis goes on about like how he's known Michael is evil for so long, and it's like he talks about like the black devil's eyes in the first one, but it's like again, there's not like a lot. For Loomis as a doctor, right? To be facing this off. Right, you don't... He definitely um, does a lot of telling, not showing. He's telling you Michael Myers is evil, but, like, show me the show me the work. How did you come to this conclusion? Well, he was actually a model patient. He did whatever he wanted. He was quiet, never fought back. Did what, did what was expected of him, took his medication. Evil. Evil. <laughs> Just like, Jim Loomis is like a vibes-based doctor, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Again, proven right, which is the that's the Van Helsing thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess is it crazy if you're right? <laughs> it's it's um, not a conspiracy theory if they're actually after you. So I mean, <laughs> um. So Michael Myers is in the hospital, and uh, they they don't have Bud stick around too long, our, our, our most annoying character here, because uh, he sneaks off uh, to go with his his girlfriend, Karen. Who's who, in charge know, of the infants. They'll be fine. They'll leave the door cracked as they go to the hospital hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> the hospital fuck room. <laughs> every hospital has one. Every hospital needs one. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a therapeutic bath. Uh, and uh, this is maybe where I this scene maybe gives me the creeps a little bit about the the Rick Rosenthal casting all the people in his class because uh, this actress did not want to do this nudity and it was like oh, well look all your all your castmates got jobs and uh, I guess you're gonna be the one person who doesn't get one uh, so my vigorous defense of gratuitous nudity in the last episode I do want to note <laughs> maybe any future. Uh, People I'm going to date who find my podcast <laughs> it is conditional on consent. Con- consensual gratuitous news. <laughs> yes, no, I'm all for that. I uh, want to see boobs as long as you want me to see. <laughs> you know, you're you're paid at a fair rate, which I think you deserve for that, and you're on board. Not, uh, you're not going to get a job. Um, yeah, that's that's taking it. There's no other way to say it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's real gross. Um, Bud gets taken out with a uh, with a garrot by by in, in the background yeah. as uh as he's going to go uh set the temperature and uh, this this girl you know they they had a little bit of fun but she's she's a responsible one so she wants to get back to her her job and maybe he's getting on her nerves a little bit uh Michael cranks that temperature all the way up comes in and gets his fingies sucked on yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's a Mike Myers little freak in this one. 
this, these deaths, these uh, do you, do you find these to be as effective as the ones in like the first or the or the reboot movie? I think that the hot tub kill is a little tryhard, but I do want to say that I think overall there's a good variety in the ways that he. It's not just like Jason all stabs all the time. Like he's doing, he's doing some different stuff. And, like, and, and to be fair, like in the first movie, it was like stabs and strangling. So he didn't have like a, he didn't have the repertoire that, that Jason had. He's, he's a little bit more Jasonish in this one. Uh, yeah, he, he puts her into the drowns her in us in the scalding water of the hot tub. And the, I think the effects here are pretty okay. They're it's a it's a gross... it gets across the point. Yeah, I just I wonder why the hot tub can go that hot, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> why, why wouldn't why wouldn't it go that hot come on it, it doubles it, as what, the soup tureen on busy days <laughs> <laughs> you know some sometimes there's just patients that you know they're a little they're a little bit more resilient they need to be boiled and <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> break down some of that connective tissue <laughs> <laughs> um so we start to get some of the the motivation stuff and the Loomis uh, deputy plot. They they find a school that has been broken into, and uh, the the word uh, Salwain or Samhain as uh, as Donald, Donald Puma Man Pleasants pronounces it. <laughs> um, and we get a lot of like between this scene and then like the the scene where he's getting driven back to the hospital. Uh, Dr. Loomis seems like a guy who maybe watched like a History Channel special about the Druids. <laughs> he definitely sort of like, has a a very uh, aliens <laughs> kind of vibe. Because <laughs> he makes a lot of conjecture about like what this could possibly be for a motive about like Druids uh, like gathering people in wicker men and burning them and sifting is... through the ashes to tell the future and. Cool Which history. Is literally just that, because there is none of that present in, in any sort of evidential form. Again, vibes based. And again, there's a fight at the end. He was trying to prove and write. Oh man. I mean, I uh, guess so. Uh, <laughs> this this feels like spooky just to be spooky. I'm not sure why Michael Myers would have gone into the school and written written Sam Hain in blood on the chalkboard. I don't, I don't know what part of his night that that, that was uh, for. Just in his downtime, that was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but he gets taken away by orders of the governor. He's like supposed to be like removed from the scene. And they send the nurse from the first movie, uh, who Rick Rosenthal. This he ends up meeting her and marrying her. This is his uh, wife, Nancy Stevens, playing Nurse Marion. All right. Uh, and gets uh, you know he's, he's getting taken away and. At, at threat of, of arrest by a marshal uh, before, you know, before he, he again seems very it seems like a very fast response <laughs> <laughs> I think a, a lot of people in the law enforcement division of this town have spent a bit of time with Dr. Loomis and they're like you need to come get this guy <laughs> they're done with it this doctor has fired his gun in our town so many times tonight <laughs> Um, so, like, again, there's like there's this scene where one of the nurses, again, who's not really developed, the one who's telling the story earlier, she goes to check on a doctor that we've heard might be golfing. I don't think we see this guy. No, this is, this, this this is the this... guy who 
treats Does that more than she gets there. Yeah, he he was drinking is what he was doing. Yes, <laughs> yes, but he's he's not <laughs> not developed very much in this movie. He's just sort of he's found as a body. He's found. He, uh, he is a doctor that feels right at home at this hospital. Doctor Drinksel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's found with a needle in his eye, and then I think this is a death that like. The first time I saw this movie, I didn't realize how terrifying this death would be. Right. Uh, that Michael just has a, a a syringe full of air, sticks it in like her temple, and injects air into her. And how like, would he know that that would do anything? <laughs> I'm sure the same like orderly at uh, at Smith's Grove who taught him how to drive also like <laughs> gave him advanced anatomy lessons. He's picking up on this real fast. He seems to show an interest. Right, you got to make that connection. <laughs> um, this is also when you get that uh, that Halloween one fader trick thing. So it, it it works it works for me. This this death I think is the maybe the finding of Doctor Mixter, but the it doesn't hit. But what it leads to with Janet is a uh, pretty terrifying. Right. No. Un- understanding why what happens happens makes the kill work. But I think that if like I was just seeing that as a child, I would yeah. be like, was there nothing in that syringe? What the hell just happened? <laughs> it, it is a little, it's, it's not obvious. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you kind of have to know just a little, I don't think it's that advanced. Like, I don't think you, no, no, I think no, you no, learned that pretty early. Like, anytime you've gotten a shot, you've seen them flicking the air out of the thing. Like it's, yeah. You probably could have absorbed that having air in the bloodstream is not a good thing. <laughs> yes. Um, this, so JLC's got a, what I call Jamie Lee Curtis, because we're, we're tight. Uh, yeah. She's had a, she's had a, like a vision about uh, what we find out later is her being adopted by the Strodes and, and meeting Michael at the institution briefly. And, <laughs> The real defensive uh, Mrs. Strode. You're you're not you're not part of that family anymore. You're a Strode now. I don't I don't know. It seems uh, <laughs> this is the stuff where that kind of loses me a bit. All the yeah, well yeah I mean it's it's clearly just here to I guess provide background or evidence that the the theory they've suggested is true. But yeah. Again, a, a very Friday the Thirteenth Part Two thing, where the, <laughs> the J- Jimmy just sort of wills Jason into existence by talking about what he'd be like. <laughs> yeah, it ju- it just seems unnecessary. <laughs> this stuff does not need to be here. Um, but she she's she's got a little bit of activity coming up. She kind of she realizes something's off, something's up, and she's able to like, get out of bed and uh, leave she, leave the old pillows. She fakes being like. Medically yeah. unresponsive enough to fool a nurse. Yes. <laughs> the quality of nurses at this hospital, though, is that is that really that that impressive? No, I mean it's, she's she's got her tongue hanging out. If, given what I know about the staff at this hospital, it, it works. <laughs> um, but I I, I kind of like this bit where she's like trying to like just think about even what to do, and then she just ends up like hiding in a room because she's like. She's still recovering from from the attack and has like blurred traumatized, vision in the hospital. Uh, probably <laughs> drugged. She has broke at least cracked, if not broken bones. <laughs> yeah, and so 
she she hides out and like picks up the phone to call and the, the line's been cut. So it's she knows she knows he's about. <laughs> um, this I, I like the, the the security camera gimmick that they use a couple times too. That's kind of effective. Like where you see like Jill walking by and it's after like Michael Myers has gone into a room that's on the camera. Yeah, this was right something that I, I I commented to my wife about while we were watching. I was like, oh, that's a pretty clever way of showing how close together these people are without having like any sort of sense of the layout of the hospital. Yeah, no, I think it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a hard to believe setting, but I think it is an effective setting. I think this just our associations of death in the hospital are pretty strong. So mm -hmm. it's, there's a reason that it's a, a common haunted house theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, Jimmy and Jill, like they realize they can't find anybody and they uh, try to, you know, figure that Lori's gone. They need to figure out what's going on. Um, I, I like that, like that you kind of have this bit where like the shadow of the shape is like behind them during the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes where he's just hanging out in the background. Yeah. Um, Jimmy stumbles upon the head nurse, Miss Alves. Um, this is like a, a kind of a scary, I, I don't know how this happened though. It, it, the, she, the timing doesn't like, make a lot of sense. And, and how did it just, did he just knock her out for a lengthy period of time or yeah, like, kill her and then just drain her? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that has to be it. I feel like she had to have been dead first because they, what they show is that she's got like the, the, a, a needle in her arm with like a, like a drip tube and it's like her, all her blood's been siphoned out and it's just that, you know pool on the ground yeah. uh which is like maybe a little bit more jigsaw adjacent <laughs> really. i, I will say that this this wound up being my favorite part of the movie because like as they pan back and showed the big pool of blood that he was standing in when he found her my wife yes. said don't slip and then the next thing he does <laughs> concussion city <laughs> wipe himself out that's i mean it maybe saves his life <laughs> <laughs> fair it, yeah that's fair so jill goes outside and uh she sees that like all the all the cars have been the tires have been slashed so she's becoming more alarmed and concerned um like more damage to the cars like, like batteries have been disconnected and stuff too uh i i really like her death a lot i think it's a it's it echoes the mob death from part one but yeah. uh uh, it is Lori sees Michael step behind and just the smallest scalpel and just get the angle he gets it at and just yeah. picks her straight up. The I think it's probably one of the best ways you could have your villain announce his presence to your main character. Like <laughs> <laughs> her shoes fall off. Yeah, it's, there's there's a, there's a little bit of silly there, but also a little bit of fuck. <laughs> um. I don't think the the music's not as omnipresent in this one, right? As it is in, in in part one. But what do you think of like the the spicy marimba version of the Halloween theme from Halloween two? You know they're trying stuff. This is not all gonna work. <laughs> it really is like John Carpenter just like turned on the like went to one of those Casio keyboards that had yeah. like the the, the down <laughs> just, just the button <laughs> play the Halloween. Yeah, give me give me this mix. Oh, I, yeah, I'm feeling it. <laughs> I mean, it's still like, 
evocative and a, and a cool melody, but it's like it is is certainly watered down <laughs> from how well it's used on the first one. It, it feels um, like it doesn't. It, it feels like like the it feels similar to the added story beats of you know being brother and sister like it's a change but did you need to make this change <laughs> um what do you think of this this cat and mouse chase before before uh help arrives uh with as as Lori's fleeing through the hospital and you know finding the bodies and she's just got that elevator moment where it uh maybe not the greatest uh safety precautions that the elevator doesn't open again when somebody's hand is clear. <laughs> I, this this stuff is fine. This is very. This feels very by the number. Yeah. This. I think she sells it really well. Again, like I will. I will always go to bat for even in bad movies. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis, like she, she does have that riz. Like she is. Uh, when she's hiding out in the car, when she ends up getting outside, like she's doing a lot of physical work there. That conveys a lot of what her character and just sells that stuff really well. I, performance wise, I have no complaints. Um, yeah. And, and, and I've, I'm, I think I'm on record even earlier in this podcast saying that uh, simple stuff done well is effective. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be groundbreaking to be good, but there, I mean, there is a certain point where it's just like, okay, this is what you expect to see in a, in a slasher. Um, so while the final, this chase is happening, uh, that's that's when it cuts back to, to Loomis, and uh, when he finds out that there's a, there was a sealed file, and this is where he discovers that the, the brother and sister thing and starts going into all the druid stuff. And I, I think it's wild that this information was hidden from the only doctor to be working with him for the last 15 years. <laughs> from the time he was like a six-year-old boy who just right. murdered his other sister. Yeah. Like he they didn't know the family at the time, or I, I don't understand how this happens. It's just it's just more of yeah, you could do this, but should you? <laughs> and I, I kind of feel like they they sort of try to lump in a little bit the Myers parents' death with like they kind of tie it try to tie it to Michael a little bit, which I'm sure it didn't help their state of mind. <laughs> we don't know how they died, but like that's like, oh, the 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 daughter died, and then the parents years later. It's like, oh, that's a off-screen <laughs> quick right yeah that happened, <laughs> has nothing I guess. to do with michael he's <laughs> it's institutionalized he didn't physically cause it um but i, I love i love the intensity that he has he's, he he, it, he sells this so well that he's like he's like that co-worker who just saw sound of freedom who <laughs> wants to tell you about all the babies they're taking yeah oh yeah <laughs> um can i give you last time i i, I did a a speech that Loomis gives in a future movie, maybe one of the ones we're not going to watch. Do you, do you mind if I pepper one of those in here? Because I'll, I, I, I'll I, indulge I do love you. That. I will indulge okay. you. I pursued Michael that night to a candy shop, but instead of a guard dog, they put this bloody great big Bengal tiger. I managed to take out the tiger with a can of mace, but the shop owner and his son, it's a different story altogether. I had to beat them to death with their own shoes. That is not from Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, the bit. It's the bit. <laughs> it is from Michael Myers' movie. <laughs> I will give you that much. He 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 threatens uh, the 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 federal marshal that's taken them back after, and once he finds out the hospital, uh, and gets them to drive back. So we know helps on the way. Uh, Lori's still evading Michael at this point. She gets to a, a car, 
Uh, Jimmy comes out, still in his concussed state, can't start the car, and then just lays into that horn. <laughs> I mean, of all the cars she could have gotten into and hidden in, right? <laughs> she would, oh, she would have been fine if she had just stayed in that car and no one else had gotten into it. <laughs> I mean, do kind of like, I, I mean, I don't know where this hospital is. Maybe it's just like open fields and like inclines on all sides around right. it, brambles. But like nobody, like nobody looks past the parking lot. It's like shit. Our cars are down. <laughs> that means we have to go back inside. <laughs> I mean, Lori kind of does for good reason because she sees the uh, she sees the, the the crew roll up. She sees the the, the marshal and Loomis and the nurse. Uh, but she like it again, like in Scream. She can't she can't vocalize. She's still too weak. She can't call out for the help that she needs. So. I mean, you, she manages it after they can't hear. <laughs> um, so she's eventually reun- reunited with them. Uh, they, she's banging on the door and he's coming and she gets in. They lock the door. Uh, again, Michael Myers being like a Jason. <laughs> I mean, this this was good. <laughs> I I wouldn't expect a thin plane of, pane of glass to stop a psychotic killer. He just walks through it like it's not even there. It's yeah, I think it would be it would lose some effectiveness if he like threw a rock at it or something. But <laughs> he just walks face first just through it. Doesn't break stride. Just Loomis <laughs> <laughs> again shoots him uh, by my count at least five more times. I think we're up to twelve total. Twelve uh, yep. gunshots. It's a lot uh, of a lot of rounds put down range. I feel like. Does he maybe out of bullets? Because again, like I feel like Loomis should always have a loaded gun. I feel like if he fired it, it should be immediately punched. He has at least two more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Michael, of course, is not dead. At least Nurse Marion gets away. She goes to like call the authorities uh, on 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 the radio, which the the cop just being like, "Oh no, ma'am, that's a police radio." <laughs> You're not allowed to use that radio. <laughs> Only police can use it. Because they just like got the guy who'd been shot again seven times or anything. <laughs> um, but of course, he's not dead. The remarkable lack of self preservation instinct by this police officer, as well. <laughs> he's stop breathing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know how like Michael stopped his pulse, but I also think maybe this cop didn't really know how to check for a pulse. He just knew that was a thing that you could that you were supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it ends up being a pursuit around the hospital with with Loomis and and uh, and Lori until uh, they get into a room that's got a bunch of a bunch of oxygen tanks in it, and uh, they have the the the, the Marshall's gun. Uh, is, has been given to Lori and, and killed Deadshot Lori here. You, you mentioned earlier, uh, shoots him two shots, one for each eye. <laughs> Which it's it's a very cool look when you when they pull back from it and you, the, the blood is coming out like he's crying from the from yeah, the mask. Um, and you have this him flailing around the room because he can't see anymore, <laughs> trying to get her with the knife still. Uh, it, yeah. it's, it's cool and it is like how is he still like, this is like probably the number one thing that says, Oh, there's something a little more going on here. (laughs) 
yeah, that he's been shot like in the head at point yeah. blank range <laughs> twice after being shot 12 times and he's still like yeah going in for the kill. Um, Lori ends up uh, fleeing as, as Dr. Loomis assures her that uh, he's going to finish things off because been, they've been turning on the oxygen in the room. Uh, and, and we get there engulfed in flames uh, as, as Loomis kills himself and his patient. He's already, he's already been stabbed in the tummy. And that's yeah. been, you know, that was, was, a, that was a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of joke sometimes in the Friday the 13th movies about people getting stabbed in the tummy and dying immediately. I feel like Loomis talks a big game, but stabbing in the tummy really should, like, kill him. <laughs> if it would kill anyone, it would kill him. <laughs> um, we got to talk a little bit, too, about this ending, because live burn... If people have not listened to the show before, when there's a live burn stunt, oh my lord. <laughs> One of the most terrifying things you can do as a stunt person. I guess, like, stunt people might not tell you that, but man, like... You know they're thinking. You're wrapped in all that stuff. You can't breathe. Like, if you breathe in, fire will go in your lungs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Plus, you're you just, just to... on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, like... You're just relying on your team to put you out. You're just you you hit your mark, and all of a sudden your life is in the hands of some folks. That's yep. a uh, you know maybe maybe corporate retreats should do a live burn instead of a trust fall. <laughs> maybe that would really build the teamwork spirit. <laughs> Definitely bring a team together, right? <laughs> um, but the movie does get out. It's like you don't you don't find out what happened to the nurse and there's not a, 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 a final jump scare after that. Even Michael's Michael's melted. Michael was, this was meant to be the end of the story. John Carpenter did not want to do any more sequels after this. He thought I have killed Loomis and Michael Myers as dead as dead can be. So, <laughs> Little did he know. <laughs> there is also like some resentment on his part, which is, kind of understandable at the time because his back-end deal that he got on Halloween like hadn't really started paying off yet and a lot of people got rich off that movie he yeah. eventually got very rich off of it but at the time <laughs> them coming to him and asking him to do Halloween too a movie they were all going to get rich off of and he was going to get you know a portion like he got for the first one yeah like, that does seem like kind of a raw deal for someone who's basically driving force behind it. Yeah, and you know, artistic, you know. I, I I do I do love that he just he just airs that shit out. He just <laughs> yeah, he'll just tell you. <laughs> There's not a lot of filter there. Uh, um, you know, and and he doesn't get to make a lot of movies these days. I wonder, I wonder why. <laughs> I know he's also kind of not interested, but uh, I think that's <laughs> most of it. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like, oh, I gotta deal with these assholes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's 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 we redhead on the sales floor is another pretty linear movie. Yeah, I think we could probably head there. I don't think there's okay. too much more to talk about. I think this is a pretty good movie that suffers in comparison to being the follow up to ho- to the first Halloween. I think if this was like its own slasher about something else, even with the the brother sister sub subplot it was different characters i i think the 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 idea of it being maybe a little second rate in my head would not have registered as much i think it's pretty it, it's in line with a lot of the other stuff that's made at the time but it's like it's a good version of that i think uh 
there's maybe some stretches that aren't as good as other stretches, but I think it's like a solid B, B plus entry in this genre. And like, I, I don't know, I like those movies. It's like, it's got some cool scenes in it, some cool looks. It's also something like, if you're a fan of the series, you can kind of put on and watch for comfort and maybe not pay attention to as much. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we've, we've had these kind of movies on, on, on the show before. And I, again, I think this is a pretty good, I think the, the cinematographers, cinematography is still great i think the a lot of the performances are pretty good uh i think rick rosenthal's acting class is maybe a mixed uh bag but you got like jamie lee curtis and, and don pleasant's both like committing to the bits they're in sure. um and yeah I, I think overall um it's a pretty solid entry in this series i'm curious uh where you think this one ranks um among the ones we've we've seen so far and what you thought it's it's interesting to hear me say that like the the you think it would have been better if it wasn't Halloween like maybe um because I understand the you know the I understand your reservations about the brother sister stuff like I said it I don't it, it wasn't necessary but like I said earlier having that to latch onto immediately um was one of the things that helped me buy into it quickly yeah. um and I I think even in our discussion of Halloween one um you expressed a little bit that you you liked that it was pretty vague, but you wanted maybe just like a scrap more to hang your hat on. Right. Um, so so yeah, having having that little piece, whether it was it didn't necessarily have to be them being related, but having that that little piece where you have the relationship between the characters already, and just the kind of the the neat idea of following immediately after the first movie. Um, I think those two things together are interesting um enough to to really kind of want to explore a little more um so i i will say that this is this is a buy for me it it was not as good as the as the first one and i don't know that i even enjoyed it as much as the uh the the remake or the 2018 version legacy sequel yeah yes yeah um i Uh, I think even at the time when you watched that one i think you said you liked that one more than the first halloween which you know i i get you know i don't remember what i say on this show We'll check the we'll check the Wikipedia. Yeah, afterwards. I mean, if someone wants to go back and pull it, that's fine. Whatever. I I think I I think it was a sale for both of those, so that's that's enough, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so this one's a sale too. Um, I just I found it interesting that you thought it would have been better if there wasn't that connecting uh plot line stuff, but I kind of think the opposite because <laughs> yeah. there are some parts in this movie that are a little slow, and it is a little strange to have your uh your heroine basically be comatose for three quarters of the movie um one thing i didn't mention about like the loomis speech that i actually do like a lot is when he's talking about the the druid stuff um that he kind of talks about the the power of the unconscious and i think i i do like that aspect a little bit of talking about mike myers like he's almost like he's like a sleeper agent for evil or something like he's just like a um a force for ill in the world like, like um, it's his active personality switched off and something else is piloting the michael myers meat suit yeah but it's like it's 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 like powered by his unconscious so it's still like kind of him yeah <laughs> it's still going to the places he knows and stuff i um, mean it is an interesting idea it's just that's all it is though it's there's there's nothing in the movie to back it up other than yeah the theory being espoused. 
and, and I think again, that's that's sort of the um, while I appreciate kind of the the John Carpenter even realizing he had to have something in this movie, um, or or else like what's the point? I, that that first one just sticks with me so much. I think just because of that, just because of the, and I, I think that's a hard trick to pull off. But oh yeah, cool. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's sale. I do uh, want to talk a little bit about this uh, Crispin Glover Award for Acting Excellence that I've got sitting in the case here. And uh, I think just based on the conversation, you know, there's really only two candidates for this. And God, I love Dr. Loomis. And just uh, he should have won an Oscar six times. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> his... I would I would feel weird about giving it. <laughs> he is like the, the heart and the soul of these movies. And even like the. I think I think four is fun. I'd love to do four, but five and six, he's in those, and it's just he's committing, and, and nothing else about the movies is. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 he's he's a he's a treat to watch in these. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, next time. I think I had I had given you a couple choices before, and I'm gonna I'm gonna toss out uh, three here. And okay. I'll just give give a little little walkthrough, and we'll, we'll. I think I know what you'll pick, but I, you've surprised me before. Um, so first up, we could do uh, the episode we were going to do before hiatus that I, I have notes for, and Jenna would like to do it at some point. Uh, but I will I will offer Possessor as a choice, and if you do not want to do Possessor, it will never be one that I don't offer out as a choice. Uh, the next one, which is stacked competition for Possessor, uh, I would describe as what if Guar made the Power Rangers? And this is the uh, Psycho Gorman uh, from a couple of years back. Uh, okay. It's, it's kind of what it says on the tin. It's a, it's a extra dimensional uh, threat. This, this guy, uh, an alien who's conquered galaxies, who gets imprisoned on Earth and uh, is discovered by two precocious 90s children, like straight out of a like Sinbad-esque comedy from the era. Uh, and they gain ultimate control over him. Uh, that's the, especially the, the little girl who's a bit uh, like the bratty sister in one of these movies or shows. <laughs> okay. So that would be Psycho Gorman. Uh, and then... Uh, that's this, the pronunciation we're going with? <laughs> It's like a Gorman. Yes. All right. That's just his name, man. <laughs> All right. I mean, uh, fine. Uh, the the last one, I, I, I watched um, new movies to me last month. I usually aim for 31, but just realities of working and being a parent and having stuff to do, I usually fall shy of that, of seeing a, you know 31 horror movies I haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, but one really stood out to me as one that I think you would dig. Um, it's a movie, it's like a joint uh, French-Senegalese production, I believe, called Saloum. Uh, and it's about a uh, group of the three most feared mercenaries of like, the, I think I believe it's late 90s, early 2000s, war-torn Africa, uh, fleeing a, 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 an active war zone with, uh, with a political prisoner and going back to a, uh, a resort to hide out that one of them knew as a youth. And uh, I would say the twists and the turns on this one, uh, this movie zigs when you think it's going to zag a lot. And I, I think it's one that you would dig because it's also stylish as hell. Ooh, this so is a tough those, are, those are the three. I, 
I am going to disappoint you right up front and write off Possessor immediately. Okay. Um, I put those notes away. I don't. I don't know if I'll ever want to go back around to it. Um, and, it I, and honestly, I couldn't even. I couldn't even tell you what it was about it that uh, that kind of thoughts. Yeah, it, it t- t- turned me off of it so hard. Um, but it was it was a hard one for me to get into, and it made the show go away for a while. So <laughs> um, that's not. Real. It's funny. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Both both of the other two sound super interesting in their own ways. Um, yeah. I I kind of want to try Saloon. Okay. But we will do that for next time. It is a it's a Shutter exclusive. So if you've canceled that that Shutter membership, uh, you might want to re-up it. Or uh, I think All it's right. also available like view on demand too. So from okay. the, the user, usual places. Um, but yeah, let's uh, do that for next time, and then we'll uh, just hit our business stuff here and sign on off. So. Uh, reach out to us on the Facebook group. I, I think that's just the one that I'm gonna steer people towards. I think yeah, the other, uh, yeah, join our Facebook group. It's I know like it's also a terrible billionaire, but groups on Facebook is is easy and it, it's not as bad as other places. Uh, it's actually it's actually kind of fun there, but it's like social mm-hmm. media fun. So take take that as you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> um also uh please if you could uh leave us a a good review if we brightened your day or made a drive easier um on the podcatcher of your choice um itunes and spotify tend to drive the most traffic um you know jed last time i just said something but i i started getting these ios agreements uh, again and they've, they've yeah. updated it yeah uh, the, the newest one says that uh if you want to leave a bad review for our show, a sphincter says what? What? <laughs> anyway, until uh, until next time, uh, thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye.